want you to make this declaration with me. Say it like you mean it. Mean it like you say it. It don't cost a bit more to dream big than it does little. Today I will have my faith built by the word of God. I will not allow my past to control my future. God has given me my dreams to look forward to and my faith as a means by which I will arrive. I will dream big because I serve a big God. Somebody give him a big hand and you may be seated. I have a question tonight. Are you leaving a heritage of faith? We should all endeavor to leave a heritage of faith to the next generation. Amen? Proverbs 13, 22 says, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Now, when we talk about leaving an inheritance, we talk about, a lot of times talk about money. Well, money is certainly an inheritance, and that's okay. As a matter of fact, I've made the statement many, many times that I hope that and I plan to leave my children great wealth. I want to leave them millions of dollars because if I get to leave them that, I've got to enjoy that, and I've got to use that. I've had the opportunity. If I get to leave them something, then I've had the opportunity to use that to help people. To be a blessing not only to my family, but, but to be a blessing to other people. Amen? What, spiritually speaking, are we leaving the next generation? Are we leaving the next generation generational curses? Are we leaving the next generation words that destroy each other? Are we leaving the next generation words of hope? Are we leaving the next generation with excitement to see what God has on the other side of tomorrow? I want my great-grandchildren, if the Lord doesn't come back, I want my great-grandchildren to know how good God is. The only way that's going to happen is if I leave a heritage to my children of the goodness of God. Teach them and instill something in them that they want to leave an inheritance to their children. That's how we leave a generational blessing. And that's how we leave a deposit of faith to the next generation. Psalm 145.4 says, One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts now as I just said the only way I can leave my children money is for me to have money amen I'm trying to acquire enough cars where I can just leave them a bunch of cars I hope they like cars but you got to live it to leave it you got to live faith to leave faith. You got to, to, to pass faith on, you have to possess faith. Now, every person that's ever lived has been given the measure of faith. But what we do with it is our choice. When you build your faith 
and you strengthen your relationship with the Lord, your efforts to develop your spiritual strength will greatly impact the younger Christians who are watching you. Younger Christians need to be inspired. Young people today probably, maybe, possibly, more than any other group of individuals coming along need to see faith in motion. They need to see faith achieving. Come on, somebody. They need to see faith overcoming. You know what the Word says? The Word says, I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. I'm so thankful that I serve a God that shed His blood on Calvary over 2,000 years ago. And as the old song says, when He was on the cross, I was on His mind. He saw everything that was going to come my way and He appropriated the power that I needed. Now all I have to do is say yay and amen to the Word. And because when the blood of Jesus is applied to my life, I'm an overcomer by the power of the words of faith that come out my mouth. And when I'm able to stand in and agree with the word with my mouth I see mountains moved I'm talking about real Bible faith see the next generation needs to see victory in your life I want my children listen I'll just go ahead and get this get this big old thing off my heart it's been on my mind on my heart for the last two three days but this is the first year that the days line up exactly with the exact days. Uh, on, on, on Saturday, it's going to be six years to the day that LaDonna went home to be with Jesus. And, and every day for the last several days, especially it started yesterday, it's just I, I have to just pray and, and, and ask the Lord to, to, to sometimes even take it out of my mind because the devil loves to take things that are precious to you and turn them to the negative thing. And you know what? Grief is a process that we all have to go through, but I'm not going to live in grief. I'm not going to stay in grief. I hate grief because grief has already cost me some stuff, and I'm not going to stay there. But I want you to know, as my children know and see me going through stuff, I want them to see victory in my life and not being overcome by my circumstance. Because if they don't see me overcome the circumstance, they will have no reason to believe they can overcome circumstance. I decree and declare that I'm a victor, not a victim in the name of Jesus. Faith is how you live. Faith should be your lifestyle. Come on, somebody. See, your lifestyle is a message. Do you understand that? Your lifestyle is a message whether you think you're saying anything or not. When you live a lifestyle of faith, you are giving people a message that you trust Jesus. When you live a lifestyle of defeat, you're letting people know that you don't have faith in the one that has already given you the power. I'm not trying to be mean. I just want to put it plain to you tonight that it's up to us to leave a message of hope to the next generation. I want the 20-somethings to be so full of power around here that they can speak to mountains now and not have to go around them year after year like some of us have. I want the 
teens and I want the 30-somethings to be able to walk around High Praises Church and understand that the weapon of their warfare is not carnal, but it is through the pulling down of strongholds will be through the power that you use in the faith that you have in Jesus with your mouth. Your lifestyle is a message and it's a heritage waiting to be passed to the next generation. And I'm not talking about just your children and your grandchildren. And that's, that's ex- you, you definitely going to pass it on to your children and your grandchildren, but to every younger generation in this church. They're watching you. Every person of a younger generation in your family, they're watching you. They're studying you. Now the question is, what heritage are you passing to them? I've got two things I want to tell you tonight. And the first one is we need spiritual fathers. 1 Corinthians 4.15 says, For Though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers? For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. See, the body of Christ is a family. And it's true that we're all brothers and sisters in the Lord, but families also need fathers to carry faith. If you're a Christian man, I want to speak something to you right now. And I want want you to ask yourself, am I willing to become a spiritual father? See, the world that we live in today is willing to teach you how to be a role model in a lot of different ways. But following the example of anyone who does not follow God will lead you to a place of ultimate destruction. Now, I'm all about a man teaching a man how to be a man. I'm all about a, a man teaching a young, younger man how to work hard. I've tried to teach my children not just through word, but through deed of how not to be um, lazy. I believe a man ought to work. I believe a man ought to provide for his family. But tonight it goes deeper than that. Because in this world we got a lot of good men that teach their sons how to be good earthly fathers while omitting the most important thing that could ever be possible and that is to teach them how to be a good spiritual father. See, whether they'll tell you or not, I believe that men value the insight, the wisdom, the counsel of strong Christian men who are willing to come alongside them and help them grow spiritually. We need spiritual fathers. See, a spiritual father nourishes. A spiritual father protects. A spiritual father upholds. A spiritual father knows that he models right thinking. 
He models right speaking. He models right living. Spiritual father encourages younger men. Now listen, if you're here today and you don't have children of your own, we're not talking about natural right now. We're talking about spiritual. If you're a man of God, you can be a spiritual father. And as a matter of fact, I believe you're encouraged to be one. A spiritual father encourages younger men to build their faith. A spiritual father that is biblically sound in his understanding of God will teach another man to love his wife. A spiritual father that is biblically sound in his understanding of God will teach another man to avoid sin. See, I'm going to meddle just a little bit. There's no room for the good old boys club when it comes to spiritual fatherhood. A good spiritual father is strong in a world built on sandy ground. A spiritual father is always ready to point young men to God and help them stay on the right path. We need spiritual fathers. Every man in the body of Christ is called to be a spiritual father. Whether you have children or not, if you're a Christian man, people out there, total strangers from you, will look to you for help and guidance. You know why? The reason is because men of God live on a higher place. Men of God think on a higher level. Men of God act holy. I'm not talking about religious. I'm talking about holy. I'm talking about keeping yourself in a place where you can get a hold of God when you need to. And let me just say this. I love what they were talking about a while ago. They didn't even say it exactly like this, but it, it, it isn't about perfection. It's about excellence. Do you understand that perfection, although it's been said that perfection is the highest form of excellence... Perfection is not what God expects of you, but what He can bless and what He can use is excellence. Excellence is you being the best you at the moment you are being, at the day you're being. It doesn't mean that it is even at the level of you was once or you might be. It's you being the best you can be right now. We serve a merciful God. See, when you... Act holy, you act just, and you live righteously. It sets you apart and puts you in a place that you can influence other men. All the men said, See, you're not perfect, but the word says that you're being perfected into the image of God. See, that's what Apostle Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 14 through 16. He said, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet 
Have you not many fathers? For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Verse 16. Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. See, he's not talking about being an instructor. He's talking about how there are many instructors, but not many fathers. It's important to understand the difference between an instructor and a father. A spiritual father and in his role goes much deeper than an instructor. See, I'm talking about mentoring some people. You know what a mentor is? A mentor is like a bridge from one high spot to another high spot to keep you from going down in the pit. Amen? Paul was a teacher and a preacher who stood in a father's place. What he did was he guide. He, he, he would use these words to guide other men, exhorting, nurturing, and protecting. He didn't just tell people where they went wrong. See, that's why I don't preach about you got to quit doing this and quit doing that. I want to teach you what you can do to unlock the, the, he, the heavens over your head. Now, there's times for instruction. But I, the older I get, the more I believe that instruction, or, or not, not instruction, but correction. Correction is more for a private conversation than it is a public conversation. You know what you got to do? You know what you got to have to have those private conversations? You got to have relationships. You can't have a conversation to instruct or to correct with just anybody. You got to have a relationship so that you can have a one-on-one. I'm talking about men-to-men here. Understand. I'm going to get to the ladies in just a second. He didn't just tell them where they went wrong. He made an effort to help them grow up and mature spiritually to take victory into their life. Christian men, you have the same calling as Paul. I'm a Christian man. I have that calling. And every other man that is a Christian has that calling. Don't, men, listen to me. Don't underestimate the place that you have in society as a spiritual father. How many is thankful for good Christian men in our church? I'm thankful you know what else we need we need spiritual mothers come on somebody Titus 2 4 says that they may teach the young women to be sober to love their husbands to love their children passing a heritage of faith to the next generation requires the role of spiritual mothers I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. My heart goes out to young ladies today because today's society sends so many confusing messages telling them what they ought to be and how they ought to look and how they should behave. But sadly, sadly, most of what society is teaching our young ladies does not match the Bible.
There's such an emphasis on, and I promise you before I go here, you do not have to hold your breath. I will be very conscious of my audience. But there's such an emphasis on sexualism today. And so much pressure is put on women. Indecency is not sexy. It's just indecent. Don't be pressured, ladies, to become something just because society says that's what keep keeping up with the whoever's requires. See, natural mothers and those who become spiritual mothers are gifts to the body of Christ. If you're a Christian woman, if you're a Christian woman, say amen. Whether you know it or not, you're being watched. You're being studied. Every Christian woman should strive to be a Proverbs 31 woman. You say, what's that? Go look it up. Go take some time and read it. I'm thankful that I, that I was raised by a Proverbs 31 woman. I'm thankful that I have encountered so many wonderful Proverbs 31 women in my life. But whether or not you have children, just like the men, if you're a woman of God, you're called to be a spiritual mother. And I want to say this, no matter how old you are, no matter your age, younger women than you need guidance and encouragement. Women in their 20s who are seasoned in the Word of God can mentor young women in their teens. Women in their 40s can mentor women in their 20s and 30s and so on and so forth. As the body of Christ, we need to honor those with experience. Embrace them and respect what they have to say. A woman who lives a godly life and follows the word of God is called a spiritual mother. See, a spiritual mother will defend her babies. A spiritual mother will cherish those that she gets to cover. A spiritual mother directs those that are in, their li in her life. My mother was a is, thank God, is a very humble woman. But she could grit her teeth, pinch my ear, and make me do whatever she wanted me to do. Because it wasn't, nor is it, just because of the physical stature she is, but it's because of the woman she is that I spiritually respect. don't even have to go in. Most of y'all have seen how LaDonna would spiritually and physically correct her children. 
A spiritual mother is an example of a godly woman. A spiritual mother is a seasoned woman. You know how you get seasoned? Maybe it's far enough past uh, supper time, y'all won't get hungry and start talking like this. But you know when you put a, a steak or, or something on the grill, it's better once you let it sit there a little while and you just start putting the good stuff on it. Start smelling better. Starts looking better. And it produces more nourishment most of the time. See, a woman, a, a, a spiritual mother is a woman that gets in that secret place on a daily basis with her God and her word, and she, she seasons herself. A mature woman of God is one who will do what Titus 2, I'm going to read three, uh, read some more verses. I'm going to read uh, three verses this time. In Titus 2, verses 3 through 5, it says, The aged woman likewise that they... Uh, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, verse 4, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, and to love their children, to be discreet. Chase. Keepers at home. Good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God not be blasphemed. Listen, let me clear something up. That doesn't mean that you have to stay at home. That doesn't mean that you can't work outside the home. That doesn't mean that you have to be a homebody. What that means is a woman has an ability to set an atmosphere that a man doesn't have. And a, 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 a godly spiritual mother is someone that we all need. Spiritual mothers also are not just needed for women. Young men also need spiritual mothers to encourage them to become the men that God has called them to be. Spiritual mothers serve as a special place in spiritual growth for both men and women. The Apostle Paul had a spiritual mother. We know that because Romans 16, 13 says, Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord and his mother and mine. Ladies, Take your place as spiritual mothers. And understand the responsibility of that. To help the younger generation rise up in faith and follow the Lord. Embrace the anointing of spiritual motherhood. Your spiritual children are waiting for direction. They're waiting for your guidance. They're waiting for your love. Now, as I close tonight, I believe men and women, every one of us have a place so that we can pass on faith to the next generation. When you purpose to make faith your heritage, when you decide you're willing and you submit to the 
office that God has blessed you to be able to walk into as a spiritual mother and a spiritual father. That's how we leave a heritage of faith to the next generation. Tonight, we live in a world that people are trying to decide everything that you can imagine. They're confused about gender. They're confused about relationships. They're confused about what is doctrinally correct in the word. They're confused about whether we should be rich, whether we should be poor. They're confused whether or not we should expect to take sickness on. They're confused as to whether or not it's our right to walk in healing. And the way that it is changed is through the spiritual lineage that we leave on this earth. Thank you guys so much for joining High Praises Church podcast today. We are so happy to have had you with us. If you just met Jesus for the first time and you want to commit your life to him, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. I open my heart and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for answering my prayer and saving my life. Amen. God is so good. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you and may he be gracious to you. Now, we want you to stay connected with our socials. You can find us every Sunday and Wednesday on our Facebook and YouTube live at The High Praises Church and catch us on our Instagram at The High Praises. Can't wait to see you next week. Take care.